You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in as today's talk comes from Randy Spate. about the movement from what we've come to call consumer Christians to being a citizen of God's kingdom. The dictionary defines a consumer as a person who purchases goods and services for personal use. In a similar way, a consumer Christian is a person who participates in church exclusively for their own spiritual benefit. Now you might look at that and think, well, what's wrong with that? Don't we go to church for our personal benefit? And the answer is yes. The trick comes in the word exclusively. If we believe that being a Christian is just about going to church so we can get something out of it, That's a dictionary definition of a consumer Christian. So we go to church just for what we can get out of it. And if a problem pops up or if we believe, hey, we're no longer getting what we really want out of church or maybe not everything is the way we would like it in the church, we'll just go somewhere else. Because if you get tired of McDonald's, there's always Burger King down the road and, and Chick-fil-A and Wendy's. There's always someplace else you can go to get what you're looking for. And a consumer Christian can jump from church to church just looking for something different, something new, something better. It is all too easy. If one church doesn't please us, we just look for another church. Why? What is attending church all about anyway? Sometimes uh, we, we get the idea that we come to church for our spiritual growth. Now, we do. But if we think that the church is the sole source of spiritual growth, we are seriously mistaken. Because you see, each one of us is responsible for our own spiritual growth. How we approach the Lord, what we do with the Lord, how we engage with our neighbors, with other church members. Seems like there was always confusion over the difference between the ritual of attending church and being a true follower of the Lord. In fact, at the very start of Judaism, Israel is still wandering around in the desert and, and Moses is uh, listening to God and speaking to Israel. Uh, we, we 
come to the book of, of uh, Deuteronomy that uh, Samuel read for us. And uh, wonderful passage. It comes right after the book of Leviticus, which is where Moses lays down all of the laws and the rituals and the sacrifices and everything that they were supposed to do. It's like he realized that he was setting the Israelites up for misunderstanding. And so after going over all of that ritual, he says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart, with all your soul. Moses, even at the very beginning, says it's not about the sacrifices. It's not about the holidays, the festivals. It's about knowing God. It's about obeying God. It's about serving him and doing what he asks you to do. 400 years later, Solomon in the city that David had captured, Jerusalem, he builds a temple. He dedicates that temple. There is an incredible, almost unbelievable, not only hundreds, but thousands of animal sacrifices to get, dedicate the temple. And Solomon does all of that. And near the end of his life, he writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, he goes over those sacrifices, the rituals, and he says, I've done the rituals. And that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. It's not about the rituals. Fear God. Obey his commands. That's what our duty is. 200 years later, Judaism is now firmly entrenched in, in Jerusalem. Hosea the prophet comes around 800 B.C. He looks at Israel and communicates God's message to Israel and he says, God says, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. It's not the ritual. It's the personal connection with God. 200 years later, God has sent part of Israel off into exile. Just the southern kingdom now exists. And again, God comes to Jeremiah and says, tell Israel these words. Don't be fooled by those who promise you safety, safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. Oh, they chant, the Lord's temple is here, the Lord's temple is here. It's all about the temple. It's all about the sacrifices. God says, I'll be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds. Only if you start treating each other with justice. It's not about the ritual. It's not about the offerings. It's about the way you live every day of your life. Obey God. Hear what he says. Do what he says. 
200 years later, now we're about 400 BC. Israel has gone into exile. They've now returned from exile. And Zechariah the prophet says, speaking for God, say to all your people and your priests, during these 70 years of exile, when you fasted and mourned in the summer and the early autumn, was it really for me that you were fasting? Even now in your holy festivals, aren't you eating and drinking just to please yourselves? Isn't this the same message the Lord proclaimed through the prophecies in the years past? This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Judge fairly. Show mercy. Show kindness to one another. It's not about the fasting. It's not about the mourning. It's not about the sacrifices. Treat each other fairly. Judge fairly. Show mercy. Be kind. Obey what God says. 400 years later, we're in the middle of Jesus' ministry. And again, a teacher of the law comes to Jesus and says, what are the big commandments? Now, this was a question that they asked of rabbis during the day. And there was a, it was a hot topic. There was a great debate going on. One rabbi said, oh, you can't pick one over the others. You've got to obey all 610 of them. Another one said, well, you can kind of reduce them down to the Ten Commandments and follow the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, it's simple. There's two. Love God. Love your neighbor. And the teacher of the law says, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. And he goes on and he says this. I know that it's important to love God with all my heart with all my understanding, and with all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. That's more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. And Jesus looks at him and he says, you got it. That's right. You're so close. Go and do it now. You see, in all of these passages, prophets, even Jesus himself, says the key to obedience is not the rituals that we get involved in, it's the lifestyle, day to day, week to week, how we live our lives. Now you know the scary thing about all of this is that the prophets tell this to Israel because Israel didn't get it. They didn't understand. They didn't know. They thought they were doing the right things. It's easy for us today. We live in a consumer society. And it's so easy for us just to take that mindset and bring it to church with us. It is so easy for us to simply become consumer Christians. and not know it. So how do we know? Well, I'm going to play Jeff Foxworthy for you. You know Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, the redneck comedian. If you've ever climbed up a water tower with a can of paint to defend your sister's honor, you just might be a redneck. <laughs> well, if you have ever thought or even asked, 
What do I get out of church? You might be a consumer Christian. You see, being a disciple is not about what we get when we come to church. The church is kind of like the ritual. It's kind of like offering the sacrifice. We come to church on Sunday morning, and it's so easy for us to just think, okay, that's it. I've got my God fixed for the week. That is consumer Christianity. That is not what being a true follower of the Lord Jesus is all about. If you have ever thought or said out loud, I want Jesus, not the church, you might be a consumer Christian. Now, you know, that looks very altruistic, doesn't it? Yeah, I want Jesus. Oh, I want Jesus too. All of us want Jesus. But the reality is that Jesus came to start the church. And he told his disciples, get engaged in the church. That is the main expression of God's kingdom in the world today. And he wants us to be involved in his kingdom and in his church. It's hard to reject the bride of Christ while we embrace Christ himself. If you have ever realized that you have no deep friendships in the church, you might be a consumer Christian. You know, it's very easy for us to say, well, the church is not the building, it's the people. And we're absolutely right when we say it, 100% right. So which of the people do you form a close relationship with inside the church? If the church is the people, then God has called us to be in a relationship with each other. And that is so crucial to spiritual growth. For the last year and a half since COVID, when we shut down the Sunday morning service and then reopened and, and we've marched through some, some painful months, I've formed deep relationships with people in this church. Jason and, and Bob and, and Zach have become closer to me than my own brother that I share DNA with. They are crucial to my spiritual growth. I go to them. I say, I got a problem. And every single one of them is willing to stop, put down what they're doing, and listen. And the same with me to them. I have those three, but there are two others. Nick Sinders, who when he's not serving in Kids Kingdom, sits right over there. Nick and I meet about every month, and we, we talk to each other about what's going on in our lives. And we pray for each other, and we try to help ourselves through it. Fred Sudler is another one. He's been coming here about three months, but uh, we've been getting together on a regular basis. These are people that are important to me as I grow in my spiritual life. Who do you have? So, if we suspect that we inadvertently, unconsciously, 
may have slipped into consumer Christianity, what should we do about it? Two very simple things. First of all, be a disciple. Don't just attend church. Be a disciple. Now, a disciple is very easy to understand. A disciple is an obedient follower of Jesus. So a disciple looks to find out what it is that Jesus said we should be doing and tries to obey. Chrissy showed us how important it is to follow the directions in the video before the sermon. That's all it means to be a disciple. Read the directions, follow the directions. But we also need to make a disciple. We also need to reach out and find someone who needs Jesus and turn them into a disciple. What that means for us, every single one of us in here today, needs to find a Barnabas and find a Timothy. Now, Barnabas, we see Barnabas in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, Barnabas and Paul had a very interesting relationship. When Paul came to the Lord, he was actually persecuting the church. And so there was some uh, suspicion when Paul came to the Lord and said, I'm now a Christian. Some of the early church leaders thought, uh, maybe he's just trying to get on the inside and figure out who we all are so that when he arrests us, he can get everybody. And they kind of held him at arm's length. Barnabas sat down with Paul, talked to him, and became convinced that this was legit. And so Barnabas took Paul. And he presented him to the church leaders. He vouched for Paul. He helped Paul begin to grow in his spiritual life. At the end of that short episode, Paul goes back to Tarsus, where he was from. Very obviously, he spends a lot of time studying Scripture with the new lenses that he found for interpreting the Old Testament. But after a couple of years, Barnabas, in ministry at Antioch, says, I need help. And he went and he found Paul. And together, they worked in Antioch at that new church, building it up, sharpening each other in ministry, growing together and leading others to grow in him. We each need a Barnabas. This is not about finding someone who is spiritually superior to you, who can bring you up to their level. It is about finding someone inside the church that you can look at and say, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time. And they can say, I've gone through that very same thing. Here's what I did. Or maybe they'll say, let me pray for you. Let's look together in God's word and try to find some answers. But they're there with you. Now, I know 
many of you here in the, in the auditorium, many of you at home, have strong friends like that here in the church. But you've never formalized it. I want to encourage you today to formalize it. You might just look at that person and say, and they'll nod back at you and you know, yeah, that's it. You might need to say, hey, you're my Barnabas. You may need to start to meet once a month, maybe more frequently. Here's what I'm struggling with today. Pray for me. But we also need a Timothy. There came a time when Paul and Barnabas separated ways and they each took a missionary team to a different part of the world. The first thing that Paul did was he went to a city and he found Timothy. Timothy at that point was an adolescent, may have been very new in the faith. Paul said, let him travel with me. And he took Timothy and he poured himself into Timothy. Timothy grew and by the time at the end of his life, Paul writes first and second Timothy, Timothy is leading missionary teams in Asia Minor, in the region we now know as, as Serbia. We each need a Barnabas, someone that we can go to, to help us in our spiritual growth. But we each need a Timothy, someone outside the church, Someone who does not yet know the Lord Jesus that we can begin to pour ourselves into. Someone that we can be a friend as they need a friend. Someone that we can go to and help to grow. What does this mean for us today? It means that for us to be Jesus in every corner of our world, I must be a disciple making a disciple. For me to be Jesus in my corner of the world, I must be a disciple making a disciple. Now, I don't know if you're like me, Every once in a while I'll hear a sermon and I'll sit back and I'll think, I wonder who the preacher is preaching to. I rarely do that. I preach sermons that are much more generic, but I'll be honest with you today, I had a person in mind. I had an individual that as I looked at that individual's life, I said, I wonder if they're a consumer Christian. And the name of that person is Randy. Because you see, I've got five Barnabases in the church. I suppose I'm a little bit more spiritually needy than most of you. <laughs> I need five, but I don't have a single Timothy. I gotta get one. 
by God, I've got to get one. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. I mean that it will not be by my friendliness. It will not be by my knowledge. It will not be by my winsomeness. It will be by God, by his grace, by his mercy, by his salvation, and by his gifts that he's given to me and he's given to you. So this morning, let me ask you two questions. Who are you close to? Who is your Barnabas inside the church? If you don't have one, get one. Get five like I do. Find someone that you can go to and say, I'm struggling. Help. Pray for me. You might find them in your hope group. You might find them in a group that you study God's word together with. You might already have them and you just need to kind of head nod to each other this morning. Or you might need to start something that you don't currently have. Find someone in the day before you leave. If they're here, look at them and say, you're my Barnabas. If they're not here, text them. You're my Barnabas. Please be there for me. And find a Timothy. Who's your disciple? Who are you going to pour yourself into? That is what we're looking for. We want New Hope Church to be a church of disciples making disciples. Come, join me. Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.